Hey girlies, welcome to the sixth episode of Crisis Twink, the podcast where we ring the alarm about cultural emergencies. Whether it's a flop album, an insane headline, a forgotten classic, or even a problematic fave, we are going to revive it and make sure it gets the medical assistance it so desperately needs. My name is Drew Haskins, and I'm the only twink who can save a culture in crisis and or decline. Um, Joining me today is one of my dearest friends in the entire world, a true wise owl. It's my friend from college, Fred. Hi, Fred. Hi, everyone. So happy to be here. What a true joy to have you. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling like we're about to save the day. I think we are. I think there's going to be some some laws, some controversy, some catharsis. I'm hoping there's some heart. Definitely some heart. I'm like on a caffeine come down today. So like my heart rate is slowed, but I'm hoping that I can find a little bit of soul, a little bit of chutzpah to like keep me intellectual enough to actually have yeah. a conversation today, you know? We keep the thread going. We'll, we'll try and follow it. We'll see how far it takes us. No, it's, you know what? We will. <laughs> I have no, I have nothing to add to that, I guess. Is this your first podcast? Uh, yeah, it is. Oh my God. How are you? How does it feel to be on a gay man's podcast? As a gay man um, yourself, I feel like I never thought I'd make it this far. You know, I wish I could speak to my eight-year-old self. You know, who never thought that he could come out onto a podcast and <laughs> tell him that you'll hit that ceiling and you'll break through it. It's like on RuPaul, where he like pulls out the photo of yeah the contestants' younger selves, and he's like, "What would little Fred? What would you say to little Fred?" Yeah, in this moment. no, it's. I feel like it's less like that because there, there's a, a little bit of pressure t- to be like, "This is the pinnacle." Like you made it, little Fred. Whereas here, it's legitimate. This is the pinnacle. I am so happy to be here. So so happy. What are your thoughts on the twink community? Oh gosh, I'm glad you asked because yeah. I have many. Um, as a sometimes member of the twink community myself. <laughs> Um, I'm someone who's maybe aging out of it though, and I have a lot of feelings, um, just in general, but about this specifically. So I, I like twinks. I think that twinks, um, they serve like a needed function in the community. They are a great kind of gateway for people in general to learn about the gay community. You know, everyone's like straight 50 something amped Karen might not know like what an otter is, but she now knows that like that skinny grandchild is that guy's a twink. Yeah. Like he might not be gay, but he's a twink. Um, <laughs> so I think that's fantastic. I would really hope that your 50 year old and Karen would not know what an otter is unless she's like fun and maybe that's cool. But like this, this type, not, well, no, she's not though. But uh, I mean, maybe in 10 years, like honestly, as someone who like was twinkish, I think mm-hmm. I'll be it with maybe like a little bit more body hair than you know, I always sure, and that can be beautiful. That can be really. Can be. I I think it is. You know, I I never felt like getting rid of it, um. But it's now you know trying to move more in like a wannabe twunk direction. We'll see how well I put on muscle. Um, I I hope Karen follows me. I hope that you know just we change letters one by one from twink to twunk to. I don't know. I don't know where you go from there. On the way to, the way to otter. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> there is some like wheel of fortune word swap that you can do there yeah. i don't i am i mean obviously i am a twink it's in the title of this yeah. podcast like it's, i would love very, to... very little body hair <laughs> well i don't know that's that's for my only fans to, for people to see but i <laughs> i would love to like enter my twunk phase sooner rather than later but like especially during pandy like I, I mean, I've been running like six miles a day, more or less, and doing absolutely no weight training, no nothing. Like my arms are full noodles and company right now. It's not, not good. Like, I don't know how I'm going to lift anything after this. I mean, it's, it's not bad. Like, you know, we're really just uh, assuming a lot of like the body standards that we both like are swimming through in terms of like our dating scenes and right. what we see on the line and things like that. But like noodle arms are, are you know, fantastic. It's like you're a spaghetti I, man. And that's well, you a lot can't of fun. swim with noodle arms. That takes like full body strength training to do. So oh, you can like, I don't know, generate wind power or something. Oh, that's um, I could be like one of those like inflatable wavy yeah, tube mans, you know, harness like my energy. I guess that's what this podcast is, is harnessing twink energy, noodle energy for like, something maybe not the greater yeah. good but whatever i don't know whatever don't this know what is short. <laughs> all it's right I, it's like super heroic it's really something in a way in a way um all right i think it's time for our first segment so we're going to play go call the governor okay i am going to present you with three cultural scenarios from recent and or ancient history and you're going to decide whether or not the governor needs to be called. Oh, I'm going to embarrass myself, but let's do it. <laughs> well, no, no, no. There are no wrong answers, but but your choice is binary. Does the governor okay. need to be called or not? Do I do I say what I would tell the governor? Because I can you can you can say whatever you want after the fact. Okay, you just okay. need to make a decision. So we're gonna okay. play. All right. First scenario. Grimes played Princess Peach in an SNL sketch over the weekend. Does the governor need to be called? Okay, this I could speak to. The governor does not need to be called. Nothing novel happened here. I feel like Grimes, like such, not besmirched, but her street cred has been so um, asterisked by like the Elon Musk Association Mm -hmm. and everything that comes along with that, that there isn't... um, to, like there's some novelty in the specifics of it but like Grimes did something uncool is nothing's going to compare to having married Elon Musk in terms of level of uncool the governor has been briefed he's, <laughs> he's aware he no longer he no longer cares <laughs> so are you like a big Grimes head in musically or just like culturally no or no I, I mean neither I feel like I like I know some of her more popular singles and I am aware of like Elon Musk and her relationship, mostly through jokes on Twitter. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I don't say this as like a super fan or a hater of like Grimes. I just know that, you know, like what is potentially a crisis about Grimes is Princess Peach on Saturday Night Live, which is its own, you know, cultural bastion that's just like rotting from the inside out in front right. of us. Um, like the uncoolness of that the potential like grimes what are you doing your brand like look at her brand already i know her i mean she is like 
if not a techno-fascist queen, she's at least like a techno-fascist duchess or marchoness at this point. Yeah. And like, I don't really know, maybe you know more about like interviews she's actually given. I'm not sure if she's one of those who mostly stays like quote unquote in character, like the character of the artist yeah. when she ever gives public statements or something like that, or the extent to which people know the distance between the person that is Grimes and like the brand of Grimes, like how much of a gap there is there. I don't know if she's spoken on that. Is um, she, she's pretty consistently the character okay. in all facets of life. And to her credit, I mean, I will, it's, this is crazy to give credit for this, but I will give credit for this. She does follow through with it in her personal life. Like name me your kid X Ash 12. Sorry if I'm not saying that correctly to Grimes and Elon. Um, that is a commitment. <laughs> that's like not a that's not like a bit you really do like that is on his government documents yeah i don't know i mean you know when they colonize mars and claim it for themselves they could just remake whatever birth certificate in the government documents of musktopia (laughs) and she (laughs) is gonna play in that long game She's going to be playing Kill V Mame the whole time. Yeah. All right. I think let's move on to our second scenario. Okay. Honeydew Melon. Does the governor need to be called? Um, this is the green one, right? This is the green one. <laughs> <laughs> like a, a uh, pale no, green. No, the governor should not be called again because I want most of this for myself. I love it. It's really good. Well, more to you. I think it is... I, I guess I will eat it, but like I think it's my least favorite fruit with a bullet. Really, cantaloupe yeah. for me is just like if honeydew melon is like you know first floor, cantaloupe is like the sub basement. Yeah, you know like the Indian or Native American, excuse me, uh, graveyard that the building was built on, like way, way, way down there. I I guess, but to me, like I don't, I'm not a big cantaloupe head either, but like I. I find cantaloupe a little better in that at least it has like a discernible sweet flavor. Like it's way too sweet and it doesn't have any other like complex notes, but honeydew just tastes like water to me. Even though like watermelon is supposed to get, I guess, tastes like water, like honeydew is like rancid. Yeah, to my mind, honeydew hits a lot of the notes that you described in for cantaloupe where it's it's a nice sweet bite. it does. I do like that it tends to be a little bit more watery in part compared to cantaloupe. Cantaloupe, I find often is dry yeah. and it doesn't have that much flavor. So it ends up being a chore. I get a fruit salad. The cantaloupe is the chore for me. Whereas the honeydew, it's not my favorite part, but they tend to be bright bites. And see that it's the opposite for me. And that's what we do. When we cross the aisle on this podcast. That's we reach wild. across the aisle. <laughs> Wow, I'm glad that this came out at some point because, like, I don't know, it's important to, you know, know the truth about your friends. I think so, too. I have a deeper understanding of you now, and I'm glad that we were going on a picnic. Actually, if we were to go on a picnic, we could just split it. Yeah, easy. (laughs) Easy, easy, easy. This is perfect. All right. The third and final scenario presented today. High School Musical, the musical, the series star Joshua Bassett quote-unquote, comes out after an interview in which he says that Harry Styles is hot. Does the governor need to be called? 
I think I, I, I heard about this. He's not actually, he didn't actually come out, right? He just said Harry Styles is hot. Well, so I don't have a clear understanding of this, even though I watched this video twice. <laughs> he does call Harry Styles hot. He says, oh, I guess this is my coming out video. And people really ran with it. People were like, oh, he's gay. He's queer. He's pansexual. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure he was joking. Yeah. And then today he wrote, obviously, a notes app statement <laughs> about this. That was like a whole lot of nothing. Like it was three paragraphs describing like, I support the gay community. I'm still oh figuring gosh. things out, maybe, but he didn't say that explicitly. And then the tweet caption was all of the heart emojis in rainbow order. So I have no clarity on the situation. This is weird. I feel like from my understanding and this very helpful context that you just gave me, it sounds like it's probably a joke. It sounds like uh, the like media really ran with it in a, yeah. in a creepy way how old is this guy uh like 18 19 maybe maybe a little younger okay I, I feel like usually they get like 26 year olds to play those high schoolers but <laughs> no that weirdly like that show which i i don't watch i guess we will be talking about high school musical a little bit later today but um <laughs> like stay tuned they'll stay tuned um they i think for the most part are all around that age like olivia rodrigo is also on that show that's how i guess i mean she, well they're like famously at odds with each other. Is she the um, guy he wrote that song about? Or he's like, the guy she wrote the guy that, that song she wrote about. That yeah. About. But she's 17. Oh. She's like a prodigy. Yeah, I don't know. That's I, I think it's kind of the creepiest thing about it to me is the way the media ran with it. And yeah. I think it's really like I would call the governor about that and just kind of the incentives that we have around media and just like generating a news cycle and headlines that people will click on um, off a statement that was really very innocuous, it seems like to me, especially coming from a teenager. Yeah. Um, it's a little weird. I love notes apps, like apologies. Statements, oh, it, incredible. I think they're just fantastic. They're so fun. They should give a uh, Pulitzer for the best one every year. Yeah, I think they're great. Um, I don't know. It's a little weird. Like, I, I wonder how much of like that reaction to the media coverage was him himself versus maybe like the management structure around him trying to like not offend what probably would be a significant chunk of his fan base who either like belongs to the like LGBT community um, or is just like very much an ally. Um, but I, I wonder just from your description of it, if he is in some way like not fully settled in which yeah. case it's like not just a bunch of like fluff about nothing but like that's that's uh really kind of cruel of the media to be putting him on the spot defending a joke um and having to actually then come out and say like i'm still working through my sexuality yeah i mean i think part of it is like we do have like queer teens on the brain right now with like you know shows like euphoria and generation uh -huh which I mean, just seems like kindergarten euphoria to me. And I don't know the second one. It's also an HBO show. It's like about queer teens being messy, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't watched it yet. But in like Jojo Siwa just came out and like, I guess oh, I she's like that. maybe, maybe not to us, but I think she might be the most famous teen right now because of how huge her fan base is. 
among I have people no idea not our age. For, except that she came out and seems just so lovely. And I'm a big fan because of that. I like her. I mean, she's just like a Lisa Frank folder that got turned into a girl after like a witch's uh-huh. spell. Yeah. <laughs> it's cute. It's I like it. But I do think that like, um, I mean, obviously like we are all little boats on a vast ocean of pleasure or whatever and I think it's weird that (laughs) maybe maybe I am I'm like a little catamaran um I I don't know people really do like rush to label people so quickly and I do think it's like easier than ever for kids to feel comfortable being their queer selves and like not necessarily I don't know I think it's hard to like figure that shit out when you're on a public yeah platform yeah I think the representation is great that it happens earlier that people are just being more candid about you know their inner lives their sexuality their uh, things that like they might be questioning um is super helpful just for people of their own generation and coming behind them um it really normalizes things in a way that we've gotten to watch partially in real time and it's crazy um how much more accepting people were say when we were teenagers compared to 10 years before and now it feels like there's been another generational shift where there's a lot more acceptance again um i like the trend amongst i think especially younger people but not exclusively towards just being comfortable not settling on a label you know saying like i you know i don't think i'm totally straight um but i don't really feel the need to nail it down further i do wonder if this like obsession with you know coming out and like oh we're moving this person from this box to that box uh maybe is a little bit of function of like the media skewing somewhat older and really having an obsession still with those labels and oh yeah it'll be like you know he said like he's not totally straight like join 90 percent of the people out there like deuces whatever no it's definitely a byproduct of that media era like 10 15 years ago where like coming out would get you on like the front page of people magazine or something like that like it it's it's not an event anymore which is fantastic i think that's fantastic i think it's obviously a big step for a lot of people to come out still in their personal yeah right i mean i think we both come from backgrounds where it was like i mean coming i mean coming out is never like the easiest process but it was we were both very supported, I think, in general. Yeah. With stuff like that. And it is easy to take for granted that not everyone has that. But also at the end of the day, I do think that like if joking in the media is never going to end well for you. <laughs> like saying, like, I guess this is my coming out video. Like he should have known that was gonna happen. Like, I don't know. I mean, I think that uh, it could end well for him. You know, there's been yeah. this little fuffle and it's a little bit awkward. But I had no idea. I, I've forgotten his name again, but I had no idea this guy's name. And I've heard it more times over the past like day or two since this happened than I had prior. Um, and I'm sure a lot of like, I don't know, thirsty teenage gays are like looking at him twice in a way they had. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, like, you know, they're like full, like wolf whistling, like tongue yeah, out, like, and a, like an escalator. Is a topic and it doesn't sound like this was, that was what this guy was trying to do here. Um, Although maybe this is, you know, a nice opportunity for him too, if he <laughs> decides right. to go that route. Um, like, He's had a lot know. of opportunities this year between the Olivia stuff and now this. I think a lot of people know his name who maybe wouldn't well, have, have otherwise. To for me again. <laughs> what? You're going to have to repeat that name for me again. 
Joshua Bassett. Joshua Bassett. Okay. Yeah, Joshua, like the guy who fought the Battle of Jericho. Bassett, like the Hound. Ugh. Is that helpful? <laughs> I don't know. That's like I mean, a very like churchy with like a very cute dog. Yeah. <laughs> Which is nice. Good for her. Good for her. All right. I think this is actually a pretty good segue into our our cultural emergency today. So, what are you bringing to Crisis Twink to talk okay. about? So uh, the crisis that we're going to talk today about today is that uh, Zac Efron looks different than he used to. It's as simple as that. He looks it's different. It's as simple as that. I've been thinking about it like a decent amount, and I thought that it could be a fruitful convo. So what drew you to this topic initially? So I don't know about you, Drew, but every day I get older. It's crazy. Right. Crazy. I get, and I get older as a gay man in this society. And I was once more twinkish, and now I am less twinkish, maybe right. more twinkish, IDK. Um, and I think about what's going to happen to me in the future. And I think about that picture that, that Zach Efron posted like a few weeks ago, and just the dunking that that man got. And yeah. it's been like, that was crazy. And it's really been an interesting, um, like, touchstone for me in like, just reflecting on the way our bodies change. Yeah, so I, just for a little context for the readers, Zach Efron posted some photos. Oh no, it was it was a video for Earth Day, for Bill Nye's Earth Day musical special with Facebook Watch. Is that he, what it was? I don't even know the yeah, See, I didn't either because no one talked about that. Everyone talked about the photos. People took screenshots of his appearance in this video. And it looks like he's gotten some work done. And it, and I'll, I'll name I'll name what I see as a we have not talked about this on the pod yet, but I am an expert at pointing out plastic surgery and procedures in people. Oh, we have not talked about this in our personal lives. Either. No, we have not. Really? Um, this is unfortunately a byproduct of my of my brain breaking since moving to LA. Um, I'm not happy about it. I'm not proud of it. It just is what it is. Um, he appears to have had a small chin implant and fairly extensive fillers. Allegedly, that's what it appears to have been. And the, you know, it does. He does look different. He looks. He looks significantly different than he used to. It's not the Filler is not a very invasive plastic surgery procedure, but like all plastic surgery, you got to give it time to settle. And I'm not, I'm no doctor, but I'm not 100% sure that it has settled yet. So. Yeah, I mean, I am super grateful for that perspective. That's fantastic. Um, for, for you having now I I also would like to just say that he does not look bad at all at all at all at all he just looks different but people lost their fucking minds people really did it was it was crazy um you know there was a I feel like the internet at once had this sense that like we could tear down the icon but then there was a lot of projected like self-image issues where people just like don't feel great about like bodies in general. And so right. they 
we're like, let's just vent our rage at this idea that people um, like manipulate their bodies and feel that they need to. Um, I wonder, it makes me kind of sad that he felt he needed to. Um, I don't know if that's something like, actually, this is entirely speculative. I have no idea what's going on in that man's mind or in the mind yeah. of the team. Um, but like, it's, it's a, it's a big choice to make, I guess. Um, yeah, it is. And I mean, he's, it's kind of easy to forget sometimes, but he's been famous for 15 years now. How old is he? Uh, I think 33. Okay. But High School Musical came out in 2006. Like he's been, he's been around for the long haul and having 15 years in Hollywood and functionally growing up in front of the public eye is hard for anyone. And I know he's spoken on record about dealing with dysmorphia and he had a pretty well-publicized Coke addiction a few years ago um, that he went to rehab for. So he's like been through it. Um, I think, I mean, I, if I had the money, I would get like Botox and stuff too. I like, I, I am definitely like pro plastic surgery and like living in LA, so many people have it, especially like a lot of men have it too. And I think more, definitely more male celebrities have plastic surgery and fillers and like cosmetic mm -hmm. procedures than you would think, because you can't be like someone I don't, I mean, you can't be Brad Pitt's age and look like that without at least a little bit of rejuvenation. Yeah. yeah, a touch up. It's becoming more common too. I actually, uh, in Britain, apparently, like as the pandemic kind of winds down there and their case rates have dropped, they have seen like a marked surge in men looking to uh, get Botox injections just yep. as they re-enter the world and start dating and things like that. Um, and I do think that there's something about what social media is doing to us over time that's more leveled the playing field in terms of like the body image, like the terrible body image issues that we projected onto like a lot of women in say like magazines and like television and other media for like decades now. Right. Like, men are experiencing some of the same expectations where they're just seeing a lot of images that they don't stack up to. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I think <laughs> social, this is not a new thought, but like social media has democratized us feeling very badly about ourselves at all yeah. times. Um, it's never been easier to feel like an absolute piece of garbage. And I, I sense that Zach, but like Zac Efron is, as far as I know, not on social media. And like, he's just, he's been camped out in Australia for two and a half years now just like doing his thing he doesn't really get popped for anything he doesn't do any like this was his first appearance I think in like six or seven months that wasn't just like him out with his girlfriend walking or ex-girlfriend just walking around didn't he like, have like part of what made that like hoopla significant for me was I felt like there had just been a different hoopla about some sort of picture of him on on some sort of nature show yeah where he was looking very like kind of grisly in the way that is very very hot right now and in general yeah. objectively very hot he was like looking full and he had a beard and there was a lot of thirst um and so the whiplash between like these two instances of zach popping up in the cultural register was really notable he also got a lot of backlash for that though like there were a lot of people being like he's fat fat Afro. Really? like yeah because like he 
I guess like for Baywatch, he got super yoked, like no, like full Lipitor, no body fat they made kind of vibe. Yes, no one watched it, so you're not, you're not, you're not, you're not off base with that. But like, he he looked truly like pure muscle, like ripped uh-huh. in a way that is like a little alien almost. So yeah. he like the pendulum swung back. He's like he's definitely still ripped, like very muscular, but he's like a burly dude. But people were like, "What happened to that?" You know? Yeah. And that's just I a think- byproduct of aging and eating shrimp off the Barbie constantly. And I think that's beautiful. And I would love to do that. That's fantastic. I wonder, like, part of me says that this is kind of just how societies work and you know pendulums swing back and forth between different beauty standards and people are always going to feel somewhat alienated on like the double-edged sword of social media I think is that um you kind of choose to some extent where you hang out and like algorithms can get in the way of that but for that first pick a few months back where he looked burly everything I saw on the internet and every voice in my head was like, damn, Zach, you look good. Like yeah. I saw only positivity. Um, and so it, like, it kind of makes me wonder it like, or appreciative of the ways in which social media like allows for uh, more like body positivity and like more like different standards of what healthy attractive bodies can look like to be on um, just brought forward and legitimized. Uh, but it's so true, I guess, that um, it really depends on like who you follow and who you block and all that. Yeah. I'm unfortunately way more tapped into like, I guess, tabloid culture, just because that's always, I've always found that very interesting. I mean, it's like half the reason why I wanted to start this podcast. And, you know, they're very, um, they try to be objective, I think, sometimes, but they definitely aggregate a lot of the dissenting voices about things. So, like, there definitely are a lot of, like, like, I mean, you see a lot of, like, people being thirsting so hornily over him. Mm-hmm. And, like, they'll also share tweets that are, like, get this grimacy lump off of my screen. I'm not watching that. Like, that kind of comment. And it's not... I don't know. I mean, like, they're definitely amplifying voices that don't necessarily need to be amplified in this discussion. Yeah. I do wonder whether this would have happened to someone else who is not so explicitly famous for being, like, a teen sex symbol, for lack of a better word. What's your historical relationship with him? Um... I don't, I, I watched, like, I think the first two high school musicals, I don't trace back any sort of awakening or mm-hmm. anything like that to him. I remember being very respectful when he dropped that condom on the red carpet. Oh, um, I, was, I forgot about that. I was into that. That was great. You know, safe sex, active sex lives, worry about that. Um, And then just, I guess I would see an occasional picture or something, because mm-hmm. I, for the life of me, cannot recall a movie aside from high school musical that I've seen him in. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're, we're generally pro Zach Efron. He seems like a nice guy. Yeah. I, so I unfortunately can ex- very directly trace my sexual awakening <laughs> back to Zach Efron. Um, and obviously, high school musical specifically, I think it just hit at a very. 
not turbulent, but a very pivotal moment in my life, let's say. Mm -hmm. Like it was tail end of fifth grade. I was in chorus and I was living the first and only musical theater fantasy that I ever had. Wow, that's at that big. moment. That's big for a young um, kid. Yeah, I remember. Oh my God, this is so mortifying. I, at our chorus recital in fifth grade, I had a solo song um, to the song Whistle a Happy Tune from The King and I. Wow. And I, I had a little white turtleneck on and my gray slacks, and I was just like singing and bopping around. Unfortunately, I cannot whistle though, and I still can't. So, my chorus teacher, Mrs. Vasilla, RIP, had to wrangle a group of backup singers, backup whistlers, let's say, called the Druettes, um, to whistle for me during the climactic <laughs> breakdown of that song. Um, and to this day, I'm like very thankful for Christia, Christina, Kia, and Claudia for doing that for me. Um, that is I mean, women are just constantly performing emotional labor for gay yeah, men. I mean, for, since from a young age, that happens. Um, but no, and then I remember watching like High School Musical right around that time and being like, oh, like musical theater can be like this. And I had never seen anyone who looked like Zac Efron before because I didn't really know any like high schoolers or anything. <laughs> and I was like, damn. Yeah. And I've never stopped being like, damn, I think even these new pictures, I still think he is like deeply hot to me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I don't I don't connect any sexual feelings at all to high school musical. I think um, in hindsight, you can't, it's really hard. Oh, to. oh, that's totally. Oh, true. no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I like, I, I, I get what you're saying though. Like, um, I don't think I would, I wouldn't either. It's just like, it's seeing a hot person in something, but like, it is vaguely embarrassing to have horny memories and horny thoughts about like yeah. deeply silly pieces of content, I guess. It could have been too, like, I was one of those uh, like middle school gays who was so like, like deep and unconsciously in the closet that in the way that young boys will like like someone and it makes them want to push them on the playground yeah like, I had that thing where I probably on some level like transmuted attraction to I don't like this person or this piece of culture or something like that I used to if you could believe this I used to think that people who jog shirtless should just put a shirt on <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I that used to is... think no one wanted to see that <laughs> no one would no one wants to see that um, oh my god, that's so funny. I like, I feel like I honestly have had that impulse too. Like there was a time uh -huh. where I thought tank tops were like very uncouth uh -huh. almost for, <laughs> the, well, there we go, there we go. He is wearing a tank top for, um, this is not a visual medium, but um, I always, I was like, oh, that's like so rude. A man always wears sleeves. And I'm like, <laughs> I wonder if that thought now was rooted in some sort of like repressive desire there's so much baggage. I think that, uh, you know, for queer people, there's a lot more like of an awareness that you have yeah. so much baggage and that it's really the work of a lifetime to, to keep sifting through it. Uh, but it's true of everyone. And I, I think this conversation more broadly really gets at like a lot of like people in general, but especially and newly for a lot of guys in our society, um, there's a lot of anxiety over um, how you look and 
keeping up appearances. Oh yeah. And so much of that is tied into your value and identity. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think, I mean, this is sort of a different situation from Zach. Um, but I think back to a few weeks ago when uh Colton Underwood, gay bachelor, oh, came out. And then two fucking weeks later, there was already a headless, shirtless torso pic posted to Grid on Insta. Like, it just... To what? Posted to Grid on Insta. Like, oh, he just took, like, like literally just, like, cum gutters up to neck, shirtless photo. And I'm like, wow, you're really accelerating the process here. That doesn't usually happen until, like, baby's second or third grinder account. Yeah, well, I mean, he might be, he might be there, and we just don't know it. Oh, maybe he is. <laughs> I guess I hadn't thought about that. I mean, he just feels like such like a baby gay. Still. Yeah, yeah. Actually, like this is something that's been on my mind too. This is a, a good segue. Um, like, I think that there is a lot of like power, but then also a lot of baggage that you deal with in kind of just like letting yourself want what you want and like for a lot of people, um, I think especially like gay men, just because we are so um, inundated with like thirst objects, if we're at all on social media, Mm -hmm. um, like, you know, if you have any media literacy, you are aware that, you know, this is poison. This is rotting my brain. And, you know, these, um, like the, the lives of the people I follow on Instagram or I see on Twitter are like artificially curated and I don't see the sessions with the personal trainer and the meal plans that are delivered to them because yeah. I'm unaware of like the grandfather who was a founding member of Goldman Sachs. And so like they do this just as a hobby and that sort of thing. Um, but like this, uh, like there's this puritanical um, instinct to be like, I shouldn't want that. So I'm just gonna not. And so to some extent, I see this Colton guy um, and also like Zac Efron, if like his decisions around, um, you know, any work that he's had done were things he made because he wanted to look a certain way and not, let's say, like a management team said, like, we want you to do because I think that's probably possible in the case of him as a public figure. But like I see Colton with not that I follow him or saw this, but um, like putting that thirst trap on Instagram. And I say, that's great. You know, off to the races. After the races, yeah. yeah. Get out there, live your life. And like to some extent, we're all just swimming in this like swampy morass of like cultural crap that you gotta kind of keep your eyes open to. Um, but you can't fully deny. Yeah. Does that make sense? Was no, that it, like spewing my diary? No, no, no. It, your diary is beautiful and it should be <laughs> spewed. I, I agree with everything you just said. Um and I do think that's like a macro conversation that sort of applies to like all men in general right now, just because I think we are, I mean, so much of celebrity culture historically, all those diatribes and like anti-anti sentiments have been directly directed almost exclusively at women. It's mm-hmm. interesting how those frameworks are being applied to the way we talk about male celebrities now. Yeah, I was like, I mean, it, it was really shocking to see like Zac Efron, who I think is more or less a universally beloved or at least like, like yeah. respected dude, I've, like get the I've brunt of something like this. Yeah, I wonder if it's like, like if you take that same macro view, do you think this is kind of like positive in the macro sense? Like there is, you would ideally want 
you know, those like terrible beauty standards and, you know, these one size fits all molds of what's considered attractive and this idea that your attractiveness is the core of your worth to stop being the frame by which we like judge and perceive women in society and instead, you know, elevate them where, you know, whatever you do you and we're going to celebrate and enjoy that. Um, and we're kind of seeing the opposite where instead like you know, male bodies are being dragged down and judged in the same way. Is that like a form of progress? Sure. I don't know. I mean, I really don't know how we even progress in general in the way that the world is set up right now. Like, I do think that this at the very least has sparked a conversation about men having cosmetic procedures done that mm -hmm. maybe, I mean, that is something we all, it's like, like we think of a facelift, we think of like a real housewife or something like we don't really think of like me in five years right <laughs> or, or me, <laughs> me next week we don't know um but I think it sucks that there has to be sort of a sacrificial lamb mm -hmm. for these kinds of conversations to get the ball rolling like and it sucks that it has to be I mean it doesn't have to be anyone but it sucks that it's Zach Efron who like yeah. is sort of a a broken bird in some ways about Really? This is conversations making me love Zac Efron in a way I hadn't. Prior. Well, don't, don't I, I think I'm like you in that I've only seen High School Musical. And I guess I've, I've seen, seen Greatest Showman. You've seen, I've seen Greatest Showman. I haven't seen that. Don't. It's, it's really, it is like, um, it is honestly like what High School Musical was to theater kids 10 years ago now. Like, okay. this sort of like erotic I mean, it's not erotic, but erotic. it's like this like erotic, no, but it's like this like erotic fantasia that's also like, it's okay to be different, which I don't think is like. The message we want our kids hearing. No, I don't want my kids hearing that. I definitely, I would rather my kids watch um, High School Musical than Greatest Showman, but it is, yeah, I, I have just like this fondness for him because of, I mean, at a base level, how horny he used to make me. <laughs> Is that crazy to say? Like, no, you can say that. I it's like, funny. What, what just occurred to me in terms of like what we want our kids watching is that while there's been this whole hoopla over Zach Efron, he has that uh, the co star Vanessa Hudgens, who is like yeah. a COVID denier, right? Did I, did I get her name? Um, you're not, no, she didn't deny COVID. She said it would be okay if a bunch of people died. Oh, She's like, her. that's what happens. Yeah, it's one of the craziest things I've ever heard. That was crazy. I actually yeah. watched that video. That was wild. The way she says it is high art, though. Like she's like, mm, "Isn't it okay if people die?" Like it truly, like it's so bad that it almost circles around. It definitely circles around to being iconic again, for sure. But like, <laughs> it's it is really crazy. And it is it, a bad opinion. Bad opinion. A bad opinion. And she said that one week into the pandemic that has now stretched <laughs> to, I mean, the time of recording. So like truly um, not exactly a Nostradamus for our times. No, no. But I, so, I mean, the Disney Channel machine is not, like it breaks everyone. It's not just. Yeah. Some people come out. I, uh, I feel like Ashley Tisdale seems like she's doing well. Sure. But also, I mean, talk about, cosmetic procedures like she very publicly had a nose job about 10 she, years ago yeah and she got a lot of flack for that too good for her being very public too I think to some extent you got to kind of like hold your head high especially as a public figure but yeah. um to the extent you can just as a non-public figure too 
I think it's good to talk about procedures like that. And I'm always, I always find it very refreshing when celebrities talk about the work that they've had done. Mm -hmm. um, just because I think that there is this like weird puritanical stigma around the idea of plastic surgery now, regardless of gender that like, I think definitely should be dismantled because it is so common, especially if you live in LA or New York or like any international big city shout out to my one german listener and my one french listener um it it it's a universal thing yeah and, and I, like, I think it's oh you go you go oh no no you go okay i'll go yeah um it's like uh you know the same thing about not talking about like the money that helps you to like support your dreams or like the trainer or whatever it is there's a lot of like obfuscation of yeah. what it takes like it's like the duck swimming along and you don't see the legs that are like mm -hmm. really swimming and a, be a beautiful metaphor you, you, thank you so much i definitely stole it from some sort of motivational poster um you want to appear like you're doing it effortlessly and that's just the like curse of like modernity and everyone being a brand yeah, yeah uh, much to think about <laughs> i think we should take a break sit with this for a second and yeah, let's come back with our final segment. And we are back. Let's move on to our final segment, Tear the Community Apart. The rules are very, 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 very simple. I've picked two songs, two absolute queer staples. This one is a mom. These are mom staples today. And you're going to tell me which song is better. Doesn't that sound easy? That sounds fantastic. Do I maybe get to hear like a little snippet or these are... I think you'll know both of these. Okay, okay. Um, otherwise, we can pause so you can okay. listen. But so the two songs today are both Rite Aid CVS staples. Okay. From two of our greatest vocalists that were released in 2014 and 2015 respectively and have dominated every gas station every convenience store every pharmacy every everywhere you can go since then which song is better hello by adele or chandelier by sia oh i feel like it's definitely hello um immediately yeah, yeah. What do you I have like, against Sia? Um, you know, Sia, I'm vaguely aware that she is not liked for some reason. Sure. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. <laughs> I think like like she made a like a movie or something, and there was like there was some sort of insensitivity there. I, I didn't fully follow it. But even putting that aside, um, I think Chandelier is like a good song. It's a fun song. Um, but it's Adele. It's that voice. Um, yeah. I just, you made it easy for me, Drew. I love that, that, um, the Hello Music video with her and that like sepia tone and she's in the fur coat looking like that. No one can see what I'm doing right now, but it's like shivering yeah. and like intensively thinking. Just channeled Adele. It's like, where'd Drew go? Every day Channel in Adele. my life, in the car, in the shower, I am like channeling Adele. I'm getting evicted because I was channeling it oh, all too much. Like the emotion of it. You know, they're, they're different songs. The one is is more up-tempo. Like, I'm not going to be listening to Hello Really while I'm on a run or something like that. No. So, 
to some extent, you know, it's apples and oranges. Um, but you got the voice, you got the sentiment. There's a lot of specificity to hello that yeah. really helps it to tug at the heartstrings. Whereas Chandelier, what's it? She's gonna have a wild night. Um, well, it's it's a song about pet. addiction. <laughs> Is that what it's about? <laughs> yeah um she's like talking about how she feels trapped in a cycle of like substance abuse and partying and that's why she's like i'm gonna swing from the chandelier i'm trying to remember anything except like her saying chandelier and holding it for a while yeah lyrics from that song and I don't know if I just forgotten that or if I did not know that on first listen. To, to um, be fair, she's not exactly a um a master of diction in the way that Adele is. Like Adele, you hear every note and yeah. every syllable clear as a bell. After this, you have to listen to Hello. Uh, yeah. yeah. The music video for that is also iconic in its own way because it's that like Maddie Ziegler girl, the dance bonds girl that like has worked with Sia for I guess almost 10 years now she's just like jumping around and running like pulling curtains and shit like the mom or the the, the daughter no no daughter. dance mom is about the daughters weirdly it's just obviously oh. like stage moms pulling focus um I think Jojo Siwa is also dance moms so oh, that really? show is like an incubator for people we're like, we like yeah yeah <laughs> but no Maddie Ziegler starred in that um what you refer to as an insensitive movie <laughs> that Sia did the movie is called Music, and it stars Maddie Ziegler as an autistic teen named okay. Music, <laughs> who okay. listens she's to music. Yeah, she's not. She's not autistic. Is what no, I'm... she is not on the neurodivergent spectrum at all. At all. Okay. So this was obviously very difficult for people to process. And it shouldn't have happened. None of the nothing about this movie should have happened in general. But like at the very it least, was, cast. It was an actual movie, or it was a. Oh, like, it was an actual movie, full yeah. movie that Sia directed. It also co-stars Kate Hudson, who has shaved her head to play uh, a her music's drug dealer sister, Zoo. Is this one of those that's so bad that it like a little bit circles back, and you can like hate watch it with friends or? I don't know. Um, it had the last time I looked at Letterbox a one point two out of five on Letterbox. No. Yeah. Okay. Well, that did not like impact this decision. No. Adele no, gets no, no. her win just wholly on her own merits. Um, but that's you know an unforced error on the part of Sia. <laughs> Definitely an unforced error. I mean, I. It's hard to also go up against the total cultural monolithic force that is Adele like one of the few people who can unify the culture everyone through sheer that. power of song oh my god that voice like butter so good it's so good I want more Adele I want her um I don't know how old she is now her like 32 album yeah. <laughs> to come out oh my gosh I I think she's really like she is someone from the very few statements that have filtered their way down to me really seems to prioritize her mental health her sense of like well-being she i think because she recently had a kid or children right she's focusing on the family yeah she had a kid and went through a divorce within the past 
five years. Oh, I bl- do not quote me on this because I don't know if this is still true, but she was dating the British rapper Skepta okay. for a while. And obviously she like, I mean, talk about like, you know, body image and everything. She got mm-hmm. in the news for like losing a ton of weight and everyone was like, oh my God, skinny legend. Yeah, yeah which is like, crazy. I can't believe we're still doing that. Of, you know, what we were talking about, yeah. Yeah. Like you can I'm literally sure apply. Oh, go on. I was just gonna, I'm, I'm don't know if she said like how she felt in reacting to that sort of thing but it like you got to have really mixed feelings at best for people yeah. those sort of compliments that really like backhandedly say like how you looked before was not it like that's gotta really take it out of you yeah I I don't think she's commented publicly but I'd have to imagine that that is something that would crosses yeah how could it not cross your minds because it yeah. is so like yeah you put it very well that it is so backhanded to say something like that like Mm -hmm. I think there is a difference between celebrating how someone looks versus celebrating how comfortable someone is with how they look and I think we should be prioritizing the latter rather than the former yeah I do think maybe there's more like words we have now to like like you can compliment people more so like now versus 10 years ago we have it's not just you look great but like you look fierce you're killing it (laughs) but like these things that are less like i am putting um a value on you like as you are and it's just like this is something about you and it's immutable and more like here's you in this moment like this you know, this outfit is great. The energy you're giving me is wild. Like you're blowing me away. I, I, I feel like <laughs> we just have more ways of saying that. And like, we are more likely to go to like that sort of compliment nowadays, yeah. which, um, is I think great. And like, kind of takes into account, like part of that is like, just looks and, you know, do I like the sort of thing that you look great on, um, like captures, but part of it is something more about your spirit, about your energy, your like, vibe. Energy. Yeah, your yeah. vibe, which um, which is a nice direction to uh, go with your compliments, I think. Yeah, you've actually made me see that this phenomenon a little differently because one of my main news sources, unfortunately, is PopCrave, the Twitter account PopCrave, which just aggregates people's social media posts. And usually it's some sort of caption like, Britney Spears looks gorgeous twirling in her a burnt down gym I don't know it's something like that and I'm always like you always say looks gorgeous or like looks blank like dazzles I'm like that why do we keep doing that but I actually do think you're right that it is it's so nice and reinforcing to actually have people say that constantly just because it creates no goop a culture of positivity around all this that like yeah, it's so just nice. like the, the like like assigning the verb to the person you're talking about yeah um is really is nice and this kind of implies agency in a way it wasn't always given and it's absolutely on me for equating pop crave with cnn or the new york times that is 100 on me so i don't i don't see cnn reporting on britney twirling so you know where are you gonna get that news if not where are you gonna crave? get that news well, this has been an utter joy. Thank you so much for joining me today, Thank you so Fred. much for having me. Oh, my goodness. This is there anything you would like to promote or plug? Uh, or would you like no. to be an international man of mystery? 
I'm going to remain an international man of mystery. Uh, I want to promote just uh, a lot of compassion for yourself, for others. <laughs> just, you know. Oh my God, this is the Goop podcast. Rule. Fellas, he is promoting it. compassion on today's podcast. I'm so sorry. You know, like it's it's a topic when we apply body image things to others, to ourselves, you got to have just much more compassion than you think is necessary. Just a lot, lot more. Well, also channel that similar energy in supporting my projects and my social media. You can find me on Instagram <laughs> at Drew Hazkins, H-A-Z-K-I-N-Z on Twitter at FKA pigs, also with the Z. Um, subscribe to culturepig.substack.com for weekly cultural commentary. We have a really fun one this week about um, Lily James as Pamela Anderson and how awesome this project looks. Oh, those, those pictures looked good, yeah. They were crazy, right? Yeah. Like totally, I truly, totally crazy. I couldn't believe it in a good way. Um, and I don't, I haven't done this in a few weeks, but please rate and review this podcast mm -hmm. on um, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps. And I've been- I've done very... it. It was fun. Oh my God. It's thank more you. more fun than you think, rating and reviewing. It's, it's like an exercise in creativity. Um, feel free to give me however many stars you want, but preferably five, maybe four if you're um, feeling under the weather. Um, let, let, uh, me, let me actually plug my Instagram. It would be fun to see if I get anyone- from this podcast to my Instagram. Yes. Uh, my Instagram, I'm at let's get this Fred with an underscore afterwards. Um, all one word. And uh if if you find me from here, tell me this is where you found me. Let me know what you think. You Sorry, heard him, fellas. Slide into it his just, DM. It just, it just occurred to me, like I never promote anything, but then you promoted the Instagram. It's open <laughs> season, it's Fred season here on here on Crisis Twink this week. And with that, I will bid you adieu. Bye, Bye, everyone.